0: Om Namo Bhagavate Vāsudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vāsudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vāsudevaya, Om Gyanat Mirandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshuram says my Sri So this we are studying Canto 8, Chapter 24, and beginning with the first verse. Uh, we just finished the whole pastime of uh, Bali Maharaj, and now we have Matsya Avatar in one chapter. So Hare Krishna. Shall we begin? So Maharaj Prakshit said, The Supreme Personality of dadad Hari is eternally situated in His transcendental position, yet So this is kind of like his doubt, you know, yet he descends to this material world and manifests himself in various incarnations. His first incarnation was that of a fish. Oh, most powerful Sukadeva Goswami, I wish to hear from you the pastime of that fish incarnation. Next verse, two verses. What was the purpose for which the Supreme Personality of God had accepted the abominable form of a fish? exactly as an ordinary living being accepts different forms under the laws of karma. The form of a fish is certainly condemned and full of terrible pain. Oh, my Lord, what was the purpose of this incarnation? Kindly explain this to us, for hearing about the pastimes of the Lord is auspicious for everyone. So he wants to know, it's interesting, right, Uh, Why do you think it's abominable, who would take birth as a fish.
1: They don't, they have a very minimum senses, Prabhuji. Like, you know, they don't, cannot, they cannot understand God or like the way that we think.
0: Well, that's true. They don't have, uh, they don't have uh, kirtans and satsangas. Yes, very good, right? They have a
2: very limited intelligence. Yeah, what else? Uh, I, I think with animals in general, as beautiful as they can be, I mean, the existence is probably... Some uh, rotation of aggression while they're hunting or looking for food, followed by fear when, when they're being hunted. Or you know, um, it's uh, it just seems rather hellish. I mean, take away all the kind of higher level stuff that we're able to do. It's just yeah, just fear and aggression. Right, right. I mean, you know, I guess you can have a few domesticated
0: fish, like you have domesticated, you know, animals. Uh, uh-huh. when you're in the sea or the lake whatever um you can't hide very much from you know um what's that verse that one living jivo jivasya that one living entity is food for another so whoever yeah. is your natural predator <laughs> is probably also lurking in the uh in the sea somewhere and it's hard to hide you know I guess some animals, when they're on earth, they can at least hide behind something or climb a tree or whatever. Um, but it's a lot harder to hide. Um,
2: and even the pets, I mean, I had a little beta fish for a while and he kind of got sick. I, I changed his water and I think shocked the system too much. And, uh, you know, he wasn't, wasn't, it <laughs> wasn't good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was torn about whether to like, like put him out of his misery or or, you know, but I didn't do it because it's like, well, maybe it will get better. And get the
0: point. And fishing, of course, most fishing is commercial fishing, right? It's just you know, huge, huge numbers at one time. But you know, the the art, uh, the the so-called, it, it's so it's so interesting um, how Maya works because on one level, right? People say fishing is this great father-son bonding. And you can see why, right? You go kind of out into the country, someplace, and there's not a lot happening unless you bring your phone with you and you know watch a movie or something. But you know, you're you're you know, it's a really good time to talk about life, and you know, you've you've heard that you know we see in movies and things that there's a lot of good conversations that happen while fishing. And on the other hand, it's such a demoniac thing. You're putting on this hook, this Food, you're you're tricking the fish into eating it, and then ripping the fish fish's mouth and in, in internal organs apart, right? Yeah. So it's such a uh, kali yuga just just a, just uh, um, juxtaposition, right? That on one hand, yes, you're in you're out in nature, and you know you're talking to friends or whatever, and that's kind of nice someone one level, and then you're doing this terrible ac- action. <laughs> Any other thoughts on? Unfortunate nature of fish. Okay. So then let's uh, continue on to text four. Sutta Goswami said, so this is the conversation within the conversation, right? When Maharaj Priksha, when Prickshit Maharaj thus inquired from Sukadeva Goswami, that most powerful saintly person began describing the pastimes of the Lord's fish, Lord's incarnation as a fish. Sri Sukadeva Goswami said, O king, for the sake of protecting the cows, brahmanas, demigods, devotees, the Vedic literature, religious principles, and principles to fulfill the purpose of life. The Supreme Personality of God, it accepts the form of incarnations. Purport um, says that the Supreme Personality of God, generally appears in various types of incarnations to give protection to the cows and brahmanas. The Lord is described as go pramanya kitaya Shat. In other words, he is always eager to benefit the cows and brahmanas. When Lord Krishna appeared, he purposefully became a cowherd boy, purposefully, and showed personally how to give protection to the cows and cows. Similarly, he showed respect to Sudama Vipra, a real brahmana. Hmm. From the Lord's personal activities, human society should learn how to give protection specifically to the brahmanas and cows. And it goes on from there. So... Um, yes, yeah, so, so it's interesting how in, on one level, ultimately everything in the Bhagavatam directs us to ashraya or Krishna's 10th Canto pastimes in Vrindavan. So here Prabhupada is taking something that's kind of explained more generally about God, that God accepts incarnations to do these things, and then shows specifically in the pastimes of Krishna, how he, uh, how he... Tended the cows, and how he here in this case respected Sudama Pipra, but also Paramangal and different Brahmanas as well. Any questions
2: or comments on this verse? Okay, then I guess I guess the other uh, message is uh, you know um, to show respect for all forms of life, no matter how seemingly low, etc. You know,
0: because that is definitely uh, we were,
2: we were probably one of them at some point, I suppose. We were. And uh, therefore,
0: yes, that's a good point. And, and there, you know, Krishna talks about that in the Gita, like, for example, Vidya Vinaya Sampane, Brahmani Gavi Hastini, Suni Sapake Pandita Samadarshana, that to see with equal vision or even with equal respect, you know, human beings, uh, animals, etc. Yeah, it's part of a spiritual vision. Um, and that's why Prabhupada, you know, spoke so heavily against uh, animal slaughter, because if you, you know, you, it, it really, um, well, you could say, he would sometimes say that it blocks the ability to have spiritual vision. You could also say it's symptomatic of not having spiritual vision, right? um and i think for most people it's just it, it's just mindless right people just yeah. you know, eat meat because everybody else most everybody else does
2: yeah i was i've thought about this a lot you know social psychology is so big we're, we're primarily driven to we being you know most people to get along with other people therefore if, what is accepted by the the group we're more than likely inclined to do so in other words like i can imagine let's just say some other planet you know a society where um, basically these concentration camps that we've created for chicks and chickens and cows and stuff uh, would be considered abhorrent you know the same people that eat that stuff with here, you know, having been born in a a more elevated society would would be along with it or or would would not be as um, quick to eat meat. But like, in other words, I've thought a lot about the extent to which our goodness or badness is really just us following the herd. And unfortunately, the the herd kind of roams, it seems like, in a a questionable direction here on Earth. (laughs)
0: definitely if you had to kill animals for your food, there would be less animal slaughter. Not There wouldn't be zero, but there would definitely be less. Uh, anyway, there's so many things we don't need to get into, but I, I also believe uh, I've read that, you know, what you end up seeing in the freezer at a grocery store has been, the color has been adjusted to make it more appealing. But yeah, it's... Um, it's senseless. I mean, I, you know, before I, before I came in touch with Prabhupada and Krishna consciousness, I didn't think twice about eating meat. It's just what everybody else did, you know? Yeah. You know, you, uh, you know once, once we got a car, once somebody got a car in high school, the next thing you do is you go to McDonald's for lunch instead of the school lunch. Yes,
3: yeah, uh, so, Also, you know, there's like individual karma, collective karma. So collective karma
1: for mediating is war. Yep. Yeah, there are instances where the
0: yes. as for food it is necessary certain places, certain societies, but o- o- overall the level at which we're maintaining right now. So. Yeah. I, I went to graduate school in the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia. And you know, in this beautiful kind of picturesque area with mountains and you know away from the city there are all these chicken farms and and you, you could do the uh the stench the smell you could smell for miles and miles and miles away and as dean was mentioning they're just packed in. And yeah it's awful they're the long long well, the way they do it is they're long long buildings without windows yeah yeah there's so much in the world that uh, well i mean even in general, with, in dealing with maya, um, we have this uh, idea that something will actually bring us happiness. And, and it's really a, uh, we'll probably would say will of the wisp, or it's a mirage. And, and a matter of fact, what Krishna says is the opposite. Yehi sang sparsajabhoga dukkha yonaya evite. That trying to, the pleasures of this world ultimately bring displeasure, dukkha. But it's 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 um it's one thing to understand that intellectually, it's another thing to have the spiritual strength due to a higher taste in Krishna consciousness to be able to actually um renounce those desires just by having something more pleasurable. Yeah. Anything else?
4: Yeah. Uh, I mean- Yes. I think this is a very, very deep point that we touched on. Okay. It's, not, it's not just the bad karma, right? Just set that aside, even the bad karma. But it's also like, kind of like they tell you don't thrash when you're in quicksand, you're going to sink deeper. You're also deepening your delusion, right? If you watch the Hallmark channel and a father's sitting with his son and they're having this really beautiful talk while fishing. And at the root of it, they're like just saying, putting metal hooks and ripping them in, in fish's mouth, right? Yep. So if you say, oh, that's wonderful, that's touching. You know, I, I don't even think about the fish. You're deepening the delusion.
2: right?
4: And you're preventing yourself from believing. Like, we have to try to believe these things, right? And they're telling you that you have to should have a himsa, right? So even if your karmic balance was pretty good, right, you could be getting yourself into a lot of... <laughs> not only karmic wise, but preventing yourself from seeing the truth by being deleted. Like you said, you were eating meat and laughing and going to school and eating meat because you were deep in the delusion and, and you found a way to get out of it, right?
0: Working so in progress.
4: That's the, that's the other part. So I think you can't go far enough. In, uh, if people want to think you're a fool for moving your foot to try to miss an ant, okay, that's too bad, but you can't really go too far with it because you're trying to get yourself out of this quicksand of delusion.
2: and It's, it's so, it's so, it's everywhere. I mean, like there's so many examples of that, which is the exact opposite being portrayed as pure. Uh, I mean, just look at the, like the, the people that we worship these days and, uh, you know, obviously, uh, they're not, there are plenty of good people in these fields, but, like, sports, right? I mean, I, I'm always, like, kind of this from a long time ago, and I've, I've wasted way more than my fair share of hours watching sports, right? But, like, you listen to the announcers, like, oh, that was such a great effort, this and that, and it's like, what are they doing more than, like, any other person? And then we know about their exploits off the field, and, you know. This type of stuff. I mean, it's it's weird how... Uh, yeah, it's like it's supposed
4: to be noble. Okay, they're doing sports, and it's good to do sports. It's good to meet your <laughs> body. And, oh, great. Right. There's nothing it's a Mr. Guy noble that, about it, right? They're doing it. Okay, I like to watch and it. And he's a
2: great team player. Wait a minute. Isn't this the guy that held out for like three weeks to, because he needed another $10 million, Which yeah. then... Yeah. But anyway, we're going down our rabbit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, right. I had a friend uh, whose son, I think, I think he was a Boy Scout or something, and so the whole Boy Scout troop was going fishing. So um, his son tied Prasadam on the end of the, um, without a hook. So he was just feeding the fish, Prasadam.
4: Uh-huh. I uh, see, that's, that's the idea. Yeah, <laughs> try to do whatever you can, even though it's almost hopeless because you're at least headed in the right direction, away from delusion.
2: Yeah.
0: Let's carry on. Sri Sukadeva Swami said, O King, for the sake of... Oh, wait, I read that. Like the air passing through different types of atmosphere. Okay, so you imagine that, the air passing through... The Supreme Personality of Godhead, although appearing sometimes as a human being, and sometimes as a lower animal, is always transcendental because he is above... In material modes of nature, he is unaffected by the higher and lower forms. So, there's nothing degraded about Krishna coming as a fish incarnation. Supreme purport the supreme personality of God is the master of the material nature, mayadakshena prakriti suyate sacharacharam. Therefore, being the supreme controller of the laws of nature. The Lord cannot be under their influence, right? So if you control something, if something's completely under your control, then it cannot control you, right? It's a pretty simple point. An example given in this regard is that although the wind blows through many places, the air is not affected by the qualities of these places. So this is, you know, this is Krishna. He is the controller of the laws of nature and therefore he's not under their influence. O King Pariksit, at the end of the past millennium, at the end of Brahma's day, because Lord Brahma sleeps during the night, annihilation took place, and the three worlds were covered by the water of the ocean. Understand the acts of the great demon, Hayagriva, not to be confused with the Hayagriva incarnation. The Supreme Personality of Godhead Hari, who is full of all opulences, assumed the form of a fish and saved the Vedas by killing the demon. This is explained, um, during the Chakshusha Manvantar. there was a great king named Satyabrata. who was a great devotee of the Supreme Personality of God. Had Satyabhata performed austerities by subsisting on water. And so Prabhupada explains what's going on here. The Lord assumed one fish incarnation to save the Vedas at the beginning of the Swayambhuva Manvantar, And at the end of the Chakshusha Manvantar. so two very vast periods of time, Lord again assumed the form of a fish just to favor the great king named Satyabrata. As there were two incarnations of Raha, there were also two incarnations of fish. Lord appeared as one fish incarnation to save the Vedas by killing Hayagriva, and he assumed the other fish incarnation to show favor to King Satyabrata. And that's the one we're going to be hearing about now going forward. In this, the present millennium, King Satyabrata later became the son of Vishvasvan, the king of the sun planet, and was known as Shraddhadeva. By the mercy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he was given the post of Manu. So Manu is a, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a position within the higher planets. One day when King Satyabrata was performing austerities by offering water on the bank of the river Kritamala a small fish appeared in the water in his palms. Satyabhata, the king of Dravidadesh, threw the fish into the water of the river along with the water in his palm. O King Prishit, descendant of Bharata, but then something happened, huh? With an appealing voice, the poor small fish said to King (laughs) Satyabhata, this is really cool how animals can talk like this, right? Um, My dear king, protector of the poor, why are you throwing me in the water of the river where there are other aquatics who can kill me? I am very much afraid of them. To please himself, King Satyabhata, not knowing that the fish was a Supreme Personality of God, it, decided the great pleasure to give the fish protection. And so Prabhupada makes an interesting point here in the purport. Here is an example of giving service to the Supreme Personality of God, it, God it, even without knowledge. Such service is called agyata, Sukriti. So that's a good term to remember if you're not familiar with. Agatha means unknown, unknowingly, and Sukriti means pious activity or, spi- or helpful activity, spiritual activity in a sense. King Brata wanted to show his own mercy, not knowing that the fish was Lord Vishnu. But by such unknowing devotional service, one is favored by the Supreme Personality of God. Service rendered to the Supreme Lord knowingly or unknowingly never goes in vain. So, can you think of uh, any um, present-day kind of Agatha Supriti?s, Hare Krishna. Yes, uh, Ananta Rupa.
3: So, Prabhuji, any prashadam one receives yeah. is the Holy of the Lord in the simplest way. And many times, um, you know, people who are who don't know who Krishna is or like to think, you know, they don't believe in God yet, they may receive this through devotees. And of course, the books are there, but then, uh, you know, food is something very basic. Uh, that one can receive from the devotees and it works on their consciousness.
2: Yes. If
0: one takes prasadam, you get a like that. Uh, and you don't know what it is, but we know it's prasadam. They get benefited spiritually. Yes.
1: And uh, basically, we went to this uh, food festival yesterday. There were like a lot of people were coming, but there were only a few people who came and touched Bhagavad Gita and they were inquiring about Bhagavad Gita. So even though they didn't bought the books, but at least they were inquired about Krishna, I feel that they got some Sukruti that, uh, to understand and learn about Krishna.
0: Yeah, Prabhupada was very liberal. He said, if they touch a book, they're benefited. If they read one word, yeah. So, yes.
5: And uh, yeah, very good. Any other thoughts on Agatha Sukriti? Mm, this is just a wild guess. People who pass by a Harinam party and hear the holy name may even dance to it yeah they're very the they're, found, they're 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 feeling enlivened and they walk by and they keep walking but uh they're getting benefited yes <laughs> well, lord
2: uh, lord
0: uh, lord, uh, lord chaitanya told he that. he said uh how can you benefit?" he said when you were walking in the forest chant loudly he said and all the non-moving entities like the trees and the grass, et cetera, will be benefited by hearing your chanting. So yes, very good point.
1: And uh, there are a lot of neophytes come to the temple Prabhu unknowingly or knowingly, they do some service to yeah. the senior devotees and like as well as like pure devotees. And like you know, paying a small donation, whatnot. And they really don't know what is the purpose of it, but they really get a lot of benefits. get
0: yeah, a lot of benefits. Yeah, very good. Um I have this two liter bottle of water that I'm trying to make sure I drink every day, but I forgot to fill it up. So give me one minute to go fill this up and you all can keep talking about Agatha Gatha Okay. Someone please.
4: Okay. Yeah, I have something. Uh, like when I was in Amsterdam during King's day, it was a big uh, festival of drunkenness. That's what King's day is, but they had the Hare Krishnas were there and they, they were keeping up really well with all the noise and commotion. And so, in the midst of all that, uh there were devotees like slipping that in, and people you know it just seemed like more fun to the people listening
5: yeah that takes that takes real faith on our part that somehow or other, even in the midst of all that whatever debauchery <laughs> yeah that 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 the fact that they're that they're hearing the holy name or and uh, other circumstances, the fact that they're taking prashadam really is, you know, uh, accounting toward their eternal benefit.
4: And and furthermore, when I was in college in the 1970s, we used to make fun of the Hari Krishna We thought they were the most ridiculous dopes around, right? (laughs) But somehow, many years later, (laughs) it snuck in and worked on me.
5: Well, there's there's that verse, yeah. or or at least one verse that I remember from the back of the time. Something about even if you were joking, if you say that say that name in a joking manner, it still has effect. You know, somebody who uh, may may just see that Hari Krishna is going by, ah, Hari Krishna, you know, and be derisive or or joking but uh, Prabhupada has instilled in us the knowledge that that's still, you know, what to speak of uh, my, you know, somebody like me offensive offensive chanting, you know, that still benefit even, you know, if it's not with full concentration or attention.
0: Yes, and, um, the, the uh, what is it? Harama means how horrible in, in uh, Urdu language or something like that. And they get benefited by saying that. So, yes. And it's, it's it's not like some tricky thing. It's just showing the power of bhakti. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening, you know, early, much, 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 much earlier, probably years ago when we studied, I think it's the second canto, and it said, Lord Brahma studied the Vedas three times. So the first time it was, you know, you know, like so many scriptures in the world, they're kind of like, how to be happy in this world and live a peaceful life so kind of karma kanda reading and then the second time was the jana kanda reading the the you know uh, impersonal you're not this body and the upanishadic and all that and then the third time was the bhakti the real thing the reading the, um, the, the bhakti uh in the in the scriptures and this is even described in um there's different analogies that are used for the Bhagavatam in the Bhagavatam itself. One is like a, uh, a, a lamp. One is like the, uh, the sun. And then the third one is like a uh, the nectar from a wish-fulfilling tree. And that third one is, is the full presence of bhakti in the Bhagavatam.
5: Okay, so can I can I say just one thing that came to mind with this verse? Yes. Um, even though the the king he didn't know it was Vishnu, but because <laughs> because the fish spoke to him, he must have thought, you know, there's got to be something going on here. I better just play along. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. Something going on, especially now. We're going to hear about what else happened that is uncommon. So let's, uh, let's hear that, let me turn off my ringer here. Um, the merciful king being moved by the piti- pitiable, pitiable words of the fish, placed the fish in a water jug and brought him to his own residence. But in one night that fish grew so much that he could not move his body comfortably in the water of the pot. He then spoke to the king as follows. Oh, my dear king, I do not like living in this water pot with such great difficulty. Therefore, please find some better reservoir of water where I can live comfortably. Then taking the fish out of the water pot, the king threw him into a a large well. But within a moment, the fish developed to the length of of three cubits. The fish then said, my dear king, this reservoir of water is not fit for my happy residence. Please give me a more extensive pool of water for I have taken shelter of you. O Maharaj Pritchett, the king took the fish from the well and threw him in a lake. But the fish then assumed a gigantic form exceeding the extent of the water. The fish then said, O king, I am a large aquatic, and this water is not at all suitable for me. Now kindly find some way to save me. It would be better to put me in the water of a lake that will never reduce When thus requested, King Satyabrata took the fish to the largest reservoir of water. But when that also proved insufficient, the king at last threw the gigantic fish in the ocean,
3: which is where he was going to
0: put it in the beginning, right? While being thrown in the ocean, the fish said to King Satyabrata, Oh, hero, in this water there are very powerful and dangerous sharks that will eat me. Therefore, you should not throw me in this place. After hearing these sweet words from the Supreme Personality of God in the form of a fish, the king, being bewildered, asked him, Who are you? Finally, who are you, sir? You simply bewilder me. My Lord, in one day you have expanded yourself for hundreds of miles, covering the water of the river and the ocean. Being thus, before this, I have never seen or heard of such an aquatic animal. My Lord, you are certainly the inexhaustible Supreme Personality of Godhead Narayan, Shihabi. It is to show your mercy to the living enemies that you have now assumed the form of a aquatic. Oh, my Lord, master of the creation, maintenance and annihilation. O oh, best of the enjoyers, Lord Vishnu, you are the leader of, and destination of surrendered devotees like us. Therefore, let me offer my respectful obeisances unto you. All your pastimes and incarnations certainly appear for the welfare of all living entities. Therefore, my Lord, I wish to know the purpose for which you have assumed this form of a fish. Oh, my Lord, possessing eyes like a petals of a lotus. Who has the petals of a lotus? That's Krishna, right? The worship of the demigods who are in the bodily concept of life is fruitless in all respects, but because you are the supreme friend and dearmost most super soul of everyone, worship of your lotus feet is never useless. You have therefore manifest your form as a fish. And then in the Purport Prabhupada goes on to talk about the, uh, the problems with worshiping uh, demigods. And he could make this distinction, he, you know, because demigod worship obviously was very, very common in, those, in that time. That he could make this distinction between personality of God and um, his chelas, <laughs> his uh, persons that he uh, that work under under him. So that is uh, quite a uh, distinction. And probably talks about the difference between um, uh, the Vishnu forms, which are all spiritual and are called swansa. This is technical things. And the living entities were called vibin-nansa. So we, you know, and uh, I could read a little purport here. <laughs> uh, the conditioned souls in the material world are different from their external bodies made of material energy. Thus, the demigods living in the upper planetary systems and the living entities living in the lower planetary systems are of the same nature. So whether, you know, you're way up there or way down here. You're still made of earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence, and ego. Nonetheless, those living as human beings on this planet are sometimes attracted to worship the demigods in the higher planetary systems. Such worship is temporary, and then he goes on to say that therefore we should worship the Lord, and your benefit is permanent here uh, because worship of, in the terms, in terms of the body, is temporary. It does not Eat any permanent bear any permanent fruit but worship of the supreme personality of God gives immense benefit and we were just hearing um, you know from by Sheshika Prabhu, he was on wisdom of the sages recently and was talking about the Padra Purnima and so the benefits that one gets by giving a set of Bhagavatams to someone by purchasing a set of Bhagavatams, that's not you know the gifts of this material world right? the bhagavatam is krishna uh, and 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 gives all this incredible divine education that can extract one from the material world so the while well, the shastra talks about the benefits of on Bhadra pranima the full moon in the month of Budra, you know giving a bhagavatam set to someone or buy one for oneself that is nothing to do with the temporary fruits of demigod worship that's on the spiritual platform okay any questions or comments about demigod
1: worship or this verse Um, i do have some thoughts um like in the all the avatars uh, the demigods do so much amount of prayers uh, for the Lord's appearance. they just go with the trouble and then like they basically do a lot of offerings and then, like, God agrees that, like, I'm going to come here and come this way. And the like I'm just trying to understand what is the significance of this Masyara, Avatara. There was no prayers. Lord himself mercifully appearing to protect the living beings. Is there is any Acharya's comments on that, Prabhuji?
0: Well, there was the earlier incarnation of Matsya was to save the Vedas, right, that had been stolen by Hayagriva so that's clear but let's read let's let's listen on and see what's said at the end of this chapter about that because that's a question that Satyavrata just asked like why what are you doing why are you here but in the previous amantari it was quite clear right to to save the
1: Vedas. and uh, i do have one more also prabhu uh, is that like supreme lord is uh, asking a shelter of a king um and like in the previous Avatar it was a clear plan that like you know he wants to subdued um, uh, Bali Maharaj and like he's asking something here uh, asking a protection of a normal king is uh, is something uh, bewildering to me because is it to glorify this king or like um, is there any other significance to it?
0: Well I have to check uh, if there's anything that's said but He's not a normal king obviously because Krishna just appeared to him you know in the form of an incarnation so he's must be a great devotee that's that's for certain um, but beyond that I don't want to spe- I have some thoughts but they would be speculation so I don't want I, um, but you know Krishna relates to his devotees that that's not a speculation. he says prapadyante I relate to my devotee in ways that he can also offer bhakti back to me. So he's certainly doing this for the benefit of Satyabhata. Um Yes, and, and it's also, it's a pastime, it's a rasa between them, right? But, you know, this is, this is brought to its highest perfection in, in, um, in Vrindavan, right? Where in the tamkanta, where Krishna is subservient to his mother and father, uh, he's chastised by the gopis, He's defeated in sports by his friends and still he's the supreme personality of god and from whom material universes come out of the poor skin holes of the poor of his you know so it's it's also a way to exchange love with his devotees okay thank you okay so let's go on to text 31 i'll share the screen sukadeva goswami said when king satya brought in this uh when King Satchabrata spoke in this way, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who at the end of the Yuga had assumed the form of a fish to benefit his devotee, So well, here we go, he came to benefit his devotee, enjoy his pastimes in the water of in, inundation, responded as follows. So he went to, he came to enjoy his pastimes in the water and to benefit Satchabrata. The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, okay, who can subdue your enemies. On the seventh day from today, the three worlds, Bu, Buva and Swah, will all merge into the water of inundations. This must be at the end of Lord Brahma's day. When all the three worlds merge into the water, a huge boat sent by me will appear before you. So this is like, it, it does sound a little bit like uh, the biblical um, story, doesn't it? Thereafter, O king, we shall collect all types of herbs and seeds and load them on that great boat. Noah's Ark, right? Uh, Then, accompanied by the seven rishis and surrounded by all kinds of living entities, you shall get aboard that boat, and without moroseness, you shall easily travel with your companions on the ocean of inundation, the only illumination being the effulgence of the great rishi. So here he's he's showing, he's incarnating to give such a brata, these instructions. Then, as the boat is tossed about by the powerful winds, attach the vessel to my horn, so hear more, by means of the great serpent Vasuki, for I shall be present by your side. Pulling the boat with you and all the rishis in it, O king, I shall travel in the water of devastation until the night of Lord Brahma's slumber is over. Um, Report, this particular devastation actually took place not during the night of Lord Brahma, but during his day, for it was during the time of Chakshu Shamanu. And Prabhupada goes on into some details about what I just mentioned. You will be thoroughly advised and favored by me, and because of your inquiries, everything about my glories, which are known as Param Brahma, will be manifest within your heart. Thus, you will know everything about me. Report. As stated in Bhagavad Gita, Sarvasya chaham Hridisani vishtha, Mata smithi orkana hanamcha. The supreme personality of Godhead, Paramatma, is situated in everyone's heart, and from Him come remembrance, knowledge, and forgiveness. The Lord reveals Himself in proportion to one's surrender. tamam yaham. In responsive cooperation, the Lord reveals Himself in proportion to one's surrender. That which is revealed to one who fully surrenders is different from what is revealed to one who surrenders partially. So there's an instruction for us that how much, how eager are we for the Lord to reveal himself to us um, to that degree Krishna will reveal. Everyone naturally surrenders to the Supreme Personality of God it, either directly or indirectly. The conditioned soul surrenders to the laws of nature in material existence. But when one fully surrenders to the Lord, material nature does not act upon him. Such a fully surrendered soul is favored by the Supreme Personality of God directly. If you surrender to Krishna, you come to him. One who has fully surrendered to the Lord has no fear of the modes of material nature for everything is but an expansion of the Lord's glories. And these glories are gradually revealed and realized. The Lord is the supreme purifier, param Prama param dhamma, pavitram paramam bhavam. The more one is purified, the more one wants to know the supreme Lord, the more the Lord reveals to him. Full knowledge of Brahman, Paramatman, Bhagavan is revealed to the pure devotees. The Lord says in Bhagavad Gita, Te shameva nukampartam ahamma kyanajamtamaha rasamya yatma bahavashto Pena bhashvatah. Out of compassion for them, I dwelling in their hearts destroy with the shining lamp of knowledge, the darkness born of ignorance. So we've talked about this before. The whole idea of sincerity of purpose and having a strong desire to please God, to be with him, to associate with him, to associate with his devotees. It's, that is what Krishna reciprocates with us. And that is a manifestation of our, supreme, of our free will any questions or comments on this point of course it's something we've talked about many times but
4: i do have kind of a question okay i guess a philosophical question i mean life is so difficult right and just we carry around these worries because there's so many you have to make decisions and judgments and it seems like very difficult all the time it just never stops coming right yeah which is bad enough but then I start to wonder, is this surrender? It sounds so simple and easy. Yeah, you just put up your hands. I surrender to Krishna. But maybe is it harder than actually dealing with, with life to really truly surrender? It might be even harder than that.
0: Well, that's a great question.
4: Yeah.
0: Harder is an interesting word. Um, and you know, this is where we, we can look at things from different angles of vision. Yes, it's very, very hard because. For so many lifetimes, we've turned our back on Krishna. We just went like this, right? Had nothing to do with him. And so that's become a conditioning within us. And and we have these five senses, eyes, ears, nose, et cetera. And they are so conditioned um, to look out in the world and think of it subtly or grossly that it's meant for my enjoyment right? Can we really condition ourselves even in this lifetime? And then to turn that ship around and to want to please the senses of the Lord instead of our own senses and to see, to, when, when we see beauty, to think of Krishna instead of, oh, that's so pleasing to my eyes to see that beauty, um, et cetera. All, you know, We could go through that for each other's senses. Um, so in one sense, it's really hard because it cuts away at our our whole purpose of being in the material world that we we want to be in the center, we want to be the enjoyer, we envy Krishna. Who the, who the heck does he think he is being the controller and the enjoyer? So on one level, it's really, really hard, like you said, Andy. Um uh, and then on another, and is it any harder than living in the material world? I don't know about that. Because the other half of the equation is there that Krishna reciprocates with our effort. And we feel this inner peace. We feel this inner satisfaction. We, um, we get a higher taste. Param, drisva, in Sanskrit. Literally, param means higher and drisva means taste. So then, because Krishna helps us and gives us a taste, then it becomes like super easy. And that's what's so interesting about this verse. Um, The Prabhupada quotes in the purports. Let me uh, highlight that because it's such an important verse. It's uh, here. Such a fully surrendered soul is favored by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So let's look at that verse. So... um, The three modes of material nature are very difficult to overcome. So this first part is saying that my illusory energy, these first two lines, is very difficult to overcome. And then the next two lines say, but it's really easy. (laughs) What, wait a second, is it difficult or easy? So this divine energy of mine consisting of the three modes of material nature, so material energy, is difficult to overcome. But those who have surrendered unto me can easily cross beyond it. So, isn't that when you think about the juxtaposition of those words, it's, it's crazy? I mean, you know, not crazy, but you don't know I even mean? crazy in the positive sense that, oh, it's so difficult to overcome. Oh, but it's very easily. <laughs> what? Wait, wait, which one is it? Is it difficult or is it easy? I'm confused. So, that's a great verse that shows, yes, just by our own muscle and by our own um, efforts. It's very difficult to overcome, but when we get Krishna's help, it becomes easy. So in that sense, it's so much easier than dealing with all the ups and downs of this world. Therefore, Prabhupada would say things like, just give this one lifetime to Lord Chaitanya." How does that, Andy? Does that work for you?
4: Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty good. That helps. I still think they're very similar in how they work, but you have to learn to in the level of
0: difficulty
4: in in the actual techniques like i'm building a boat now
0: right
4: and i'm using a thing called stitching glue because the reason people use that is because they don't want to build a form the old way of building a boat was you build a form people say i don't want to build all that stuff it's not even part of the boat i don't want to do it so you do it this other way but then you have countless hours of sanding because you have all this glue so if you had just applied yourself and say, I don't want to build a form, and just build it, you'd say, wow, this is definitely the better way, right? But people don't want to do that. So I think it, a lot of things you can look at your life and then transpose it to your difficulties with spiritual accomplishment. Yeah.
0: And the additional thing that I did mention is that Lord Chaitanya made it super easy. Just chant and do kirtan. <laughs> okay, so you're not, you not—you don't want to perform austerities. All right, don't worry about it. You know, you don't want to, uh, you know, um, take bath in the rivers in the middle of the winter and sit in the hot sun and do meditation. You don't want to sit in meditation for hours and just, you know, focus on your breathing and the tip of your tongue, uh, your nose. Okay. You know, um, you don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. That's okay. But could you just, Krishna? is that all right? Could you just do that much?
4: <laughs> but you've got to believe it. So it all gets pointed down to that one thing. And then you've got to sure. follow that and really believe sure. it. That's the whole
0: there, There's a quality to the chanting. Yes.
2: Yes, for sure.
6: I wanted to add something to that. Yes, Anas. Hare Krishna, everyone. Um, good morning. So I've been thinking about surrender past, I don't know, a couple months. And along with what Andy was saying, it reminds me of the meaning. It's not separate from trust and faith. Mm-hmm. And whether it's because I'm thinking about like my own experience and point of view of this. It's like, so if there's a trust issue, that's like a roadblock for me. Is it, you know, I question myself as like, is it my trust in Krishna? Is it trust in, um, you know, trust in the process, trust in Krishna's process? Like, so I question myself of trying to figure it out of how to surrender, or what that means. And and then I think about like, oh, well, maybe it's also because of past experiences that have um, put up these roadblocks to sure,
0: me. Sure, past experiences. And, and the, the, the scary thing is that past experiences, even in previous lives <laughs> that we're not aware of, but that you know, still have some, some scars, yes. But it's um, past experiences for some of us, we've been let down by people in the past. We've uh, maybe even been taken advantage of for you know our naivete, possibly and and so we'll you know is this thing real and is yeah so it's it there is a uh a challenge and, and Prabhupada with well the, the the bhagavatam says that shanshaya or doubt is healthy in the beginning because one can choose some pretty weird path sometimes, but it, but um, the, the tricky thing is that to test something out, you know, it's easy, you know, scientists put together two test tubes and pour something and the next thing. And it's, that's one thing, but the tricky thing is the spiritual life is that the, we are the test tube, where we are the, we're the object of the uh, experiment. You know, it, it's not something out there, but we have to choose to chant Hare Krishna, or to read the Bhagavatam, or to associate with devotees, and and then you know the uh, that's the hypothesis is you do these things and you become happy and spiritually enlightened. Um, the 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 experiment itself is on ourselves, and then we have then we get the results. So it's um, and also sometimes it's really interesting how you know, sometimes the uh, the Test comes before the lesson. You know, when you go to school, it's the opposite, right? <laughs> you go to school, you get a lesson, the teachers teach you this, day, you do this homework, and then you have the exam. But often we have the, the exam first, and then we get the lesson. Is that right, Shanaz?
6: Yeah, that, that's a great way to, to frame it. Yeah.
0: All right. Okay, you. anything else? We can move on. Um, we are on text 39. Let me again share my screen. After thus instructing the king, the supreme personality of God had immediately disappeared. Then king Satyabrata began to wait for the time of which the Lord had instructed. After spreading kusha, which is a kind of grass, uh, with its tips pointing, I mean, it's not, a, you know, they call it grass, but it's, um, it's almost like sharp needles. You know, it's not like Limp, limp grass, right? After spreading Kusha with its tips pointing east, the saintly king, himself facing the northeast, sat down on the grass and began to meditate upon the Supreme Personality of God Vishnu, who, who had assumed the form of a fish. Thereafter, gigantic clouds pouring incessant water swelled the ocean more and more. Thus, the ocean began to overflow unto the land and inundate the entire world. As such a brother remembered, the order of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he saw a boat coming near him. Thus he collected herbs and creepers and accompanied by saintly brahmanas, he got aboard the boat. The saintly brahmanas, being pleased with the king, said to him, O king, please meditate upon the Supreme Personality of at Keshava. He will save us from the impending danger and arrange for our well-being. Thus, while the king constantly meditated upon the Supreme Personality of Godhead, a large golden fish appeared in the ocean of inundation. The fish had one horn and was 8 million miles long. Following the instructions formally given by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the king anchored the boat to the fish horns using the serpent Vasuki as a rope. Thus being satisfied, he began offering prayers to the Lord. The king said, by the grace of the Lord, those who have lost their self-knowledge since time immemorial and who became and who because of this ignorance are involved in a material conditioned life full of miseries, obtain the chance to meet the Lord's devotee. I accept the Supreme Personality of God as a Supreme Spiritual Master. Uh, Prabhupada writes that the Supreme Personality of God is actually the Supreme Spiritual Master, Guru. Supreme Lord knows everything about the sufferings, suffering of a conditioned soul, and therefore he appears in this material world, sometimes personally, sometimes as an incarnation and sometimes by authorizing a living being to act on his behalf. Okay, so sometimes as an incarnation, sometimes um, personally coming like this Krishna, and sometimes authorizing people like Prabhupada, et cetera, to act on his behalf. In all cases, however, he is the original guru, spiritual master, who enlightens the conditioned souls who are suffering in the material world. Now, imagine if we were really convinced And really thought that Krishna, this sentence up here, the second one, the Supreme Lord knows everything about the suffering of the conditioned soul. And therefore, he appears in this material world, sometimes personally, sometimes as an incarnation, and sometimes by authorizing a living being to act on his behalf. That's quite a powerful sentence, isn't it? If we had that full faith, I'm going to get, because sometimes we're going, I, I know for myself, I'm going through something and, and I just think, oh, nobody understands what I'm going through. And here it says, Krishna totally under, totally gets it, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and we've become so fortunate um, to come in contact with Krishna in this way through one of those three, through devotees, through Krishna himself and his incarnations. And Krishna himself in the form of his name, in the form of the Srimad Bhagavatam, in the form of his deity, Form of his prashadam, etc. Quite a nice, uh, nice statement there. Any uh, questions, comments? Hi, okay.
2: question up for me.
0: Yes, Nandimuki Devi.
2: I just have a side note on this. The uh, the, the uh, fish incarnation has has a size of over. Uh, I can't remember the number of numbers. Like eight mill- million miles
0: long. It's a little hard to hear you, Nani Muki. Okay,
2: let me try to. Don't we don't hear you at all now? Okay.
0: Could so you hear me? Yeah, now mm-hmm. it's loud and clear.
2: Okay, nice. Thank you. I just want to uh, let us let us remind myself how large is the fish incarnation. The size is eight million miles, and interestingly, the circum circumference of the Earth, our Earth, is only twenty five thousand miles. So just imagine how large a fish
5: can be.
0: Yeah, and um, and how that takes place is uh, there are you know uh, Sadaputta Prabhu would sometimes talk about how uh, fourth dimensional space is being referred to in in these kind of um uh, a but the the, the idea of the you know the de- we could get into the details and how does the bhagavatam figure that one out um he, he he's you know for him he easily reconciles it by saying it's not necessarily the length like we consider but the, but in the fourth dimension which i'm not exactly you know that's that's beyond my pay grade but the, but the idea of and uh, that God can become bigger than the biggest and smaller than the smallest. And we remember, we talked about the um, 27 sextillion. The, this is a total guesstimate, right? But 27 sextillion uh, uh, number of planets in our, is was it in our universe? I think it was in our universe. So, you know, that's that's not that's just you know what what um, modern science is saying. That's not you know uh, from the Bhagavatam. Um, I'm just trying to see if I have that. No, I don't. Oh, oh yeah, there it is. Um, and then you know I was reading also you know I, it, and it's not like to just you know bash science. Well, first of all, I'll just show you this real quickly. Um, you might remember, I think I showed you this PowerPoint. Um, that's the Hubble spacecraft, not even the uh, the web, Jim Webb. But yeah, here we are. Um, approximately 200 billion galaxies in our universe, approximately 100 billion planets in our galaxy. So how many planets in our universe? Uh, that's 21 sextillion. <laughs> and that's just, these are just guesses. Uh, and remember I said that if you count from one to a billion, just out loud, it takes 31 years, just to give us, us some idea what, what a bil- the number of billion is. Uh, and then it says that, you know, um, that the total universe, um, one mustard seed is compared to one universe. So, you know, things are just so vast in, in this world. Um, and then I was also reading, and I think it was in the Washington Post that, uh, you know, the, the new, um, photos from the James Webb, uh, telescope, um, were not what people were expecting. <laughs> and now, um, scientists are coming up with all kinds of suggestions. They're not there. They're they're, send, they're writing as quickly as they can and not even sending them to, um, uh, what is it called, uh, peer reviewed uh, uh, journals first. So without getting into sci- scientists bashing too much, it, 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 you know, it's so many things are a guessing game. And if they come up with another telescope that is much more powerful than the James Webb one, then, you know, yeah, like that. Yes, uh, Dean.
2: Yeah, I remember um, uh, a long time ago reading one of Prabhupada's uh, Reports about this kind of stuff, and unfortunately, I, you know, I'm obviously severely paraphrasing, but I um, remember I'm saying that something along the lines that the stories are effectively timeless. You know, they're they're matriculated throughout all all the universes, and you know, they don't necessarily. I think he was even talking about uh, one of the individual battles that was being described. He was like it. The battle, he said, was timeless. It's it's kind of everywhere. In other words, it's it's beyond our yeah senses and and yes to like try to fit it into our history and either uh, deny or you know to reject it based on that you know he's I think kind of saying like remember we're we're so limited in our comprehension that the knowledge takes these these forms which. Uh,
0: I think you get my call. Yes, yes, definitely. You get the point, yes. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Are there any other thoughts on this? My thoughts are as soon as I heard, uh, this is not limited to the, just to, uh, um, uh, like uh, he, the when the uh, dissolution happens, it's happening from poor bovasuha. So all the three um, lokas are getting dissolved. And then like uh, during that time only that uh, Masha incarnation is coming up. So he should be just covering uh, the causal ocean he's talking about is not our uh, sea that in the earth, it is something like overall causal ocean, like, you know, the Milky that's, that's, that's my understanding. So the-, yeah, ca- the
0: causal, That's a good point. The causal ocean is much huger than any, I mean, it's it's, yeah, it's unlimited. Here's, you know, just the headlines. Webb telescope
5: is already challenging what astronomers thought they knew. Isn't, isn't that really shocking that the scientists have to revise their estimations? I mean, that's unheard of. <laughs> yeah. And uh, here's a picture of
0: one of the things, but yes, it's, uh, yeah. Okay, let us sally forth, Six 47. I'll share my screen so you can look. Um, in hopes of becoming happy in the material world, the foolish conditioned souls perform fruitive activities that result only in suffering. We talked about that earlier today. If we, if only we were like fully convinced of that sentence, but by rendering service to the, and this next sentence especially, but by rendering service to the supreme personality of God, if one becomes free from such false desires for happiness. May my supreme spiritual master, excuse me, cut the knot the false desires from the core of my heart. That would be a beautiful prayer to memorize, the prayer of such a Isn't it beautiful? Then um, Prabhupada writes in the purport, well, he basically paraphrases that, uh, that verse. One who wants, so such a continues, one who wants to be free from material entanglement should take to the service of the supreme personality of Godhead and give up the contamination of ignorance involving pious and impious activities. Thus one regains his original identity, just as a block of gold or silver sheds all dirt and becomes purified when treated with fire. May that inexhaustible supreme personality of God have become our spiritual master, for He is the original spiritual master of all spiritual masters. Report in human life, one is uh, in human life one is meant to undergo austerities to purify one's existence. Tapo divyam yena satvam sudhiet. That's a famous, famous verse by um, um, not Priyavrata, by uh, Lord Vishabadev, thank you. Because of contamination uh, by the most material nature, one continues in the cycle of birth and death. Karna kunasangosya sad asad yoni janmashu. So that's another famous verse that we can just so that you're familiar with it. living entity and material nature thus follows the ways of life in so-called enjoying the three modes of nature. This is due to his association with that material nature. Thus he meets with good and evil and various species of life. Okay. Therefore, the purpose of human life is to purify oneself of, the, of this contamination so that one can regain his spiritual form and not undergo this cycle of birth and death. The recommended process of decontamination is devotional service to the Lord. There are various processes for self-realization, such as karma and yoga, but none of them is equal to the process of bhakti, devotional service. Hmm. Um, and if we skip ahead here, the word varnam refers to the luster of one's original identity. The original luster of gold or silver is brilliant. Similarly, the original luster of the living living being who is part of the satchit-ananda-vigraha is the luster of ananda, or pleasure. ananda mayo Every living entity has the right to become ananda-maya, joyful, because he is part of the satchit-ananda-vigraha, Krishna. Why should the living being be put into tribulation because of dirty contamination by the material modes of nature? The living entity should become purified and regain his swarupa his original identity this he can do only by devotional service therefore one should adopt the instructions of the supreme personality of god who is described here is gurur guru the spiritual master of all spiritual masters what a powerful paragraph powerful paragraph isn't it that uh, we are we should reclaim our birthright to be fully joyful we have the right to become Anandamaya joyful. And why? Because we are part of the supreme joy. So why should we dilly-dally around here in this world (laughs) in the dirty contamination of the modes of material nature? Wow. These are really powerful prayers. Any questions, comments, thoughts? Really, really powerful. Let's continue then. One, One who wants to be free of material entanglement should take to... Did I read? just read that. Neither all the demigods, nor the so-called gurus, nor any other people, either independently or together, can offer mercy that equals even one ten-thousandth of yours. Therefore, I wish to take shelter of your lotus feet. So in the purport, Prabhupada says, you know, demigods, don't, you know, forget about it. They can't give uh, one ten-thousandth of the blessings that Krishna can give, and therefore we should follow this verse, sarva dharmam Mame Kam sharanam Masu. Abandon all other varieties of religion. Just surrender unto me. I shall deliver you from all sinful reactions. Do not fear. As a blind man being unable to see accepts another blind man as his leader. People who do not know the goal of life accept someone as a guru who is a rascal and a fool. But we are interested in self-realization. Therefore, we accept you, the Supreme Personality of God, as our spiritual master. And you are able to see in all directions and are omniscient like the sun.
5: Um, is, it, is this a bit unusual that the devotees are approaching the Lord to ask that he become their spiritual master? Um, it seems yeah. that way. Yeah.
0: But he is the supreme, but Prabhupada says in the purport, he's the supreme spiritual master of everyone.
5: No question about that.
0: Yeah. But yes, it's, um, <laughs> and if you really want to add to it, he's saying that to a fish. <laughs> of course, it's a fish that's 300 million miles long and is golden and it's, you know, saving the universe. But <laughs> but let's yeah, um Yes. But in the purport, probably, the last purport, we didn't read that part, but, um, Prabhupada talks about, you know, oh no, it's not, it's the one before that. Even though we may not have the fortune to contact the Supreme Lord personally, the Lord's representative, can you read this? Can you see what I'm showing? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, The Lord's representative is as good as the Lord himself because such a representative does not say anything unless it is spoken by the Supreme Personality. Got it. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu therefore gives a definition of guru yare deke tarikaha Krishna upadesh. The bona fide guru is he who advises his disciple exactly in accordance with the principles spoken by uh, Krishna. The bona fide, uh, the bona fide guru is he who accepts accepted Krishna as guru, but not you know not not ex, you know. It, thus, this is the guru parampara system. The original guru is Vyasa is because he is the speaker of Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam, wherein everything spoken relates to Krishna. Therefore, Guru Puja is known as Vyasa Puja. So like that. So yes, you know, Prabhupada's clarifying that here in the, that purport. And here, uh, the conditioned soul being wrapped up in ignorance, and therefore not knowing the goal of life, accepts a guru who can juggle words and make some display of magic that is wonderful to a fool, Sometimes a foolish person accepts someone as a guru because he can manufacture a small quantity of gold by mystic yogi power. Because such a disciple has a poor fund of knowledge, he cannot judge whether the manufacture of gold is a criteria for a guru. We should, why should one not accept the supreme personality of God from whom unlimited numbers of gold mines come into being? So um, Prabhupada is not mincing words here as... as such a brata did not, right? That uh, we and 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 it was kind of connected to Shinaz's question, right? That um, there are you know there are people who pose themselves as spiritual leaders who are not the real deal, and um, and so for us, you know, I, I you know because I'm listening to wisdom of the sages so much, I I like the way, you know. We simultaneously, like, let's say for us, if we're talking to someone, they say, well, are you a guru? You know, Shanaz, are you a guru? You're telling me about Krishna. Are you my guru? And, you know, we can honestly say, well, I have a bunch of faults still, but I have been fortunate enough to come in contact with people and with, uh, with, with uh, literature that is, is the real deal. And to the extent that I'm at least trying to tell you what I've learned from them, to that extent, hopefully I can help you. Right. And that's that's so that combination of being real about ourselves, but also being real about the power and the bona fides, if there's such a word, of of a true spiritual tradition, that can be a nice combination. And it also means that there's some. Responsibility, not like responsibility, like some burden, you know, sometimes we use that word responsibility, like it's, you know, carrying 500 rocks on our back in a bag, but the, the ability to respond is there. And so, well, you know, as Raghunath would say, we are, we may be dented cans, <laughs> but we don't, we shouldn't remain dented cans. We should fix our dents and by the mercy of Krishna and spiritual master. Any further
3: thoughts on that? Prabhu, I was just uh, recollecting. In Ishopnishad, we read that such uh, fake gurus are more dangerous than cobras. Like, uh, you know, uh, probably an example, a metaphor was there, that uh, such uh, fake gurus, they mislead the masses, which is, it was compared to a valuable jewel on the hood of a cobra. A cobra decorated with valuable jewel is more dangerous than one not decorated. But after all, it's a cobra. So, uh, uh, proper uh, you know uh, research or proper resources should be consulted. Uh, here, Oliver Shilaprabhupad, you know, in relevant verses, uh, you know, in the in the Prabhupad books, he identifies who is a bona fide guru. And here, Satyavata is dealing directly with the Supreme Lord, um, you know, the fish incarnation. So of course, he's offering prayers directly to him. He's the Supreme Guru.
2: Yes, yes.
0: Yes, so, um, yeah. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur, Prabhupada's guru used to say that, you know, there's, there's two basic categories of human beings, you know, the cheaters and the cheated. Um, and it's just the nature of the material world, so. Let's, if we put this in the positive, we've become so fortunate to come in contact with something that's you know, a real deal. That doesn't mean some people who are devotees don't have uh, their shortcomings and things like that. But as long as they're not changing the teachings of the Bhagavatam or the teachings of Srila Prabhupada, and they can still, we can still, with, despite our dented canness, we can still help others. So let's see, we have five minutes left. Um, we could try, we could finish this canto probably. Um, let's see, what were we, up to? maybe we can Okay. So fifth, we were on 50, well, let's read through it. And then we can see, we have time to go back to the purports. So that was 51. A materialistic so-called guru instructs his materialistic disciples about making money, <laughs> economic development, and enjoying your senses, sense gratification. And because of such instructions, the foolish disciples continues in materialistic existence of ignorance. But your lordship gives knowledge that is eternal. And the intelligent person receiving such knowledge is quickly situated in his original constitutional position. And Pope says, the so-called gurus instruct their disciples for the sake of material profit." I have a story to tell, but let's do it. Okay. My lord, you are the supreme well-wishing friend of everyone. The dear most friend, the controller, the super soul, the supreme instructor, and the giver of supreme knowledge and the fulfillment of all desires. But although you are within the heart, the foolish, because of lusty desires in the heart, do not understand you. O supreme Lord, for self-realization, I surrender unto you, who are worshiped by the demigods as the supreme controller of everything. The demigods are devotees, it's just not necessarily pure devotees. By your instructions, exposing life's purpose, Kindly cut the knot from the core of my heart and let me know the destination of my life. Sukadeva Goswami continued, When Satyabhata had thus prayed to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who assumed the form of a fish, the Lord, while moving in the water of inundation, explained to him the absolute truth. The Supreme Personality of Godhead thus explained to King Satyabhata the spiritual science known as Sankhya Yoga, the science by which one distinguishes between matter and spirit, And, and in other words, Bhakti Yoga, ultimately, along with the instructions contained in the Puranas, the old histories and the Sanghitas. The Lord explained himself in all these literatures. While sitting in the boat, King Satyabrata, accompanied by the great saintly persons, listened to the instructions of the Supreme Personality of God in regard to self-realization. These instructions were all from the eternal Vedic literature, Brahma. Thus, the Lord and sages had no doubt about the absolute truth. At the end of the last inundation, during the period of Swayambhuva Manu, the Supreme Personality of God had killed the demon named Hayagriva and delivered all the Vedic literatures to Lord Brahma when Lord Brahma awo- awoken, awakened from sleeping. King Satyavrata was illuminated with all Vedic knowledge by the mercy of Lord Vishnu. And in this period, he uh, has now taken birth as vaivasvatamanu the son of the sun God. This story concerning the great King Satyabrata and the fish incarnation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead Vishnu is a great transcendental narration. Anyone who hears it is delivered from the reactions of sinful life. One who narrates the description of the Matsya incarnation and King Satyavrata will certainly have all his ambitions fulfilled and he will undoubtedly return home back to Godhead. I offer my respectful obeisances unto the Supreme Personality of Godhead who pretended to be a gigantic fish restore restored the Vedic literature to Lord Brahma, and Lord Brahma awakened from sleep, and who explained the essence of Vedic literature to King Satyabrata and great saintly persons. Prabhupada writes that this commentation has been finished in our New Delhi Center today, the 1st of September, 1976, which was also the day he was born, 1st of September, 1896. The day of Radastami, of course, so, the, so by the... Lunar calendars by last me. By the grace of the supreme personality of Godhead and the Acharyas. Sri Narottama Das Thakur says, Tandera Charana Bhakti jana I am attempting to present Srimad Bhagavatam in the English language by the order of my spiritual master, Srimad, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur. And by his grace, the work of translation is gradually progressing, and Europeans and American devotees who have joined the Krishna consciousness movement are helping me considerably. Thus, we have expectations of finishing this great task before my passing away. All glories to Sri Guru and Gauranga, end of the eighth.
5: Jai!
0: Wow. Okay. So, our time is up for this week, and we will begin the ninth canto next week. Thank you. Hare Krishna.
2: Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.